Welcome to the Campus Rush Podcast. We believe that God will speak through this word and meet you right at the point of your need. We hope that God will bless you through this message. I have a word that I feel like God's placed in my spirit. And I'm a, I don't know how much time I have, so you, you got to tell me. You got three minutes, five minutes, four minutes. Are y'all ready to get down off it? Okay. Well, um, tonight I'm going to speak what God told me to speak because I think I need to shift some things in a lot of our generation's perspective. And um, tonight's word, I'm really believing for the world changers in the room, which I believe there are many, that this thing would shift something in you. Um, Back home, uh, I'm, I'm from a little city called Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I bring you greetings from a church that I lead, me and my wife, called Transformation Church. And uh, uh, hey, Transformation Nation, I see you. Um, but but um, we've been in a series there called Planted and Not Buried. And um, man, I've been trying to preach something different. Like I've been, I really been trying. But I've been stuck because there's so many believers that that don't understand that the season that they're in right now is not a season that they're supposed to give up in. See, the crazy thing about being planted is that it looks a lot like being buried. So, like, if I was to bury something right now, I I would if I was to bury a coffin, I would dig up dirt, put it down in the ground, put more dirt on top of it and it would be buried. But in the same way, if I was to plant a seed, what would I do? I would dig up dirt. Put the seed in the ground, put dirt on top of it, and it would be planted. See, the enemy is trying to convince many of you that the place that God has you planted, that you should die there. And many of us have been having funerals for things that aren't dead. The dream's not dead. God God didn't leave you. You, You're not going to be single all your life. Ah, Shantayalaba. Somebody in the back row, they felt that they said, I got a word. But, but, but you're 32. And he hasn't come and you're not going to be loose. And so it feels like the enemy is convincing you that something's wrong with you. But God's trying to tell you that you're not buried, you're planted. And that there's a work that God's trying to do under the surface. The thing about the work that God does under the surface is nobody can see it. And see, in our Instagram generation, we want everybody to appreciate our process. But there's no way to Instagram integrity. There's no way to Facebook faithfulness. And what God is trying to do, I'm coming for your house tonight. He's trying to build roots in you that will be able to produce fruit at one point. But I I want you to put up that picture, if you can, of the different. uh, Most people want to be at the end of this and they be like, I'm blooming, Pastor Mike. I'm blooming. I'm a rose. (laughs) But but the sad, the sad truth is that many of us are at a place where God's doing more work under 
then he's doing over. And, and, and so it feels like sometimes that what God is doing is not significant because we don't have people applauding us or validating us or giving us credit for all the things God's doing in our life. But I came to encourage somebody's faith tonight that you are not planted and under does not mean over. I need somebody to get that in your spirit. Say under does not mean over. Find one neighbor and tell them under does not mean over. Now find the neighbor you didn't like as much as the last one and tell them under does not mean over. If you believe it, give God a shout of praise in this place. Okay. So, so I'm going to have to track. I'm a teacher by nature, but y'all are like, y'all going to make me preach tonight. Okay. So, so I'm going to try to get through this because I got some information that I need you to hear because we can leave this place and be enthusiastic and shout and jump, but not leave change. And, and our generation is full of enthusiasm, but we don't have a lot of wisdom. <laughs> and wisdom is applied knowledge, not just knowledge. We got everything in our pocket. Google. We can have all the knowledge in the world, but wisdom is applied knowledge. So if you're in this room and you hear something, but you don't, you're not able to apply it to your life, then we, we go away not accomplishing anything. But I think tonight there are people's hearts and minds connected to this word, and we're going to go away. Everybody say transformed. Okay, so, so there's a scripture in 1 Timothy, and I'm bringing this word on your fourth year anniversary because I believe this is going to be a line of demarcation even in your ministry. For your level of authority, for what God has called you to do. First Timothy 4.12 says, don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. But be an example to all believers, not just young believers, but to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. I, I want to start off by saying that because what I'm going to talk about tonight I really want to aim at people um, who, who God's going to use at a young age. There are many of you that are in this room under the age of 40 that God is going to do things that your parents only dreamed of. There, there is going to be, there. Literally, I, literally when I sensed it, I was going to preach something else and the Holy Spirit said, I need you to release this word into this atmosphere. But the enemy has a trick to try to convince us that our age, our, our experience and our qualification is something that will be able to, to, to not allow us to do what God is calling us to do. And so the message that I want to speak today is a message that's going to cut on a lot of our souls and we're going to have to take our mask off to even believe that it applies to us. Us, but I think there's some people in here that'll get real with me and, and, and be able to receive the word of God today. The title of today's message is planted and undervalued because there's a lot of people that God has called to do something, but you are paralyzed in what God has called you to do because nobody's co-signing what God told you. You're the child in the family that everybody looked over. You're the ministry that they laughed at for the first two years. You've been undervalued. You go to jobs every day where you know they don't even expect you to do anything because you're not even there and you weren't even the one that they were supposed to pick. And you're in situations where it feels like you're undervalued. But I want to let you know that God uses people that are undervalued to do and perform things that nobody thought they could do so that he could get glory out of the situation. 
And, and so today, I want to talk to everybody who feels undervalued in any, of, any way of your life. There are people in here feel undervalued at their job. They feel undervalued in school. The enemy has whispered to you that you can't do what God has placed in your heart. And I'm here to speak to that. And I know this is not a scream and shout title because I don't want you to think that this is something that can be um, praised away. You have to know your identity in Christ because nobody will know and be able to tell you your worth if you don't know it for yourself. And there's too many people in our generation who are undervalued and they do not move forth with what God has called them to do because nobody will support it when it's an infant stage. Well, they wouldn't give me the loan. They didn't give me the scholarship. They left me at the altar. He won't claim me in public. Oh, I'm coming for you tonight, please. Yet you still answer the booty call. Is it you? Is it you? Is it you? See, see, but the only reason that you would sell yourself cheap is if you don't know your value. And many of us are making decisions based on how we don't value ourselves and we don't see ourselves the way God sees us. And so we're serving, we're worshiping, we're shouting, we're praising, but we're planted and undervalued. And if you don't get the proper perspective of how God sees you and how you're supposed to see yourself, you will make decisions based on the projection of what you think somebody thinks you're worth. Instead of what God has called you to be. And so I, I want to go into this story and, and I, because many of you in this room feel underrated as a parent, underestimated as a friend underappreciated as an employee played down as a son understated as a daughter you feel unimpressive you feel diminished as a leader you feel minimized as a spouse you feel downgraded as a student you feel reduced and glossed over you feel underpaid and underpriced and God says but I paid for you like like, like I sent my only son not one of ten the only one to pay an ultimate price for you. Do you not know what you're worth? And today I want to look at a young lady in the Bible in Genesis 29 and, and this story. And I just got to be honest with you. This story, if you don't read your Bible on a regular, it's better than the Kardashians. <laughs> like, like the Bible is better than anything that you can watch. Because the story I'm going to read today, this is like a classic episode of Jerry Springer. Okay. <laughs> It has kissing cousins, it has lies, pimp daddies, sisters fighting, baby mama drama. I promise, wait till you hear this story. Um, and you know on Jerry Springer, there's always a guy in the middle that's like, Jerry, I don't even know why they fighting. I love both of them. You my boo, you my boo. Like, <laughs> and, 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 and the y'all seen Jerry, okay. And, and the person, that dude in this story is Jacob. Genesis 29 verse 16. I want you to listen to this. It says, now Laban had two daughters. How many daughters did Laban have? Okay. The older daughter name was Leah. What was the older daughter's name? Leah. Okay. 
And the younger daughter's name was Rachel. What was the younger daughter's name? Rachel. I just need you to get the characters, okay? Because this is going to be a movie. <laughs> there was no sparkle in Leah's eye. A.K.A. she had a great personality. A.K.A. she was ugly. Okay. I just got to interpret the Bible for you. Okay? That's what it says. <laughs> Like, like, what if somebody introduced you like that? Like, hey, this is Leah. She has no sparkle in her eye. Hey. But then it says, but Rachel had a beautiful figure. Pow, pow, pow. And a lovely face. Since Jacob was in love with Rachel, he told her father, I'll work for you for seven years if you'll just give me Rachel, your younger daughter, as my wife. Laban said, agreed. I'd rather her to be with you than anyone else. Stay and work with me. So Jacob worked seven years to pay for Rachel. Now, some of y'all won't pay for a full meal for a girl. Seven years? Ladies, make them work for it. All right. I like y'all. I like y'all. Okay, listen. So Jacob worked seven years to pay for Rachel. I just want you to see that's how much Jacob valued Rachel. That he, for 365 days, seven times, woke up every day to work, to be in relationship. He valued Rachel, okay? He said his love for her was so strong that it seemed to him but a few days. What? I don't know what kind of woman Rachel was, but she made seven years feel like a few days. 21, finally the time came for him to marry her. I have fulfilled my agreement. Jacob said to Laban, now give me my wife <laughs> so I can sleep with her. Y'all know this ain't for nothing. I need him. So Laban invited everyone from the neighborhood and prepared a wedding feast. But that night, listen, when it was dark, Laban took Leah to Jacob and he slept with her. I have so many questions. But, but let's, let's just keep going. How you didn't even know? You didn't even know? <laughs> but Laban had given Leah a servant and her name, verse 25. But when Jacob woke up in the next morning, it was Leah. What have you done to me? Jacob said to Laban, I worked seven years for Rachel. Why have you tricked me? <laughs> Pimp Daddy. Uh, it's our custom here, player. <laughs> it's not our custom here that we marry off the younger daughter ahead of the firstborn, baby boy. <laughs> but wait, 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 wait. But wait until the bridal week is over, and I'll give you Rachel two, two for the price of one. <laughs> If you promise to work another seven years. Now this next statement messes me up. So Jacob agreed 
to work seven more years. A week after Jacob had married Leah, Laban gave him Rachel too. So Jacob slept with Rachel too, verse 30. And he loved her, look at this, much more than Leah. So he valued Rachel at 14 years worth of work. And he did not value Leah at all. So you could say Rachel was valued and Leah was undervalued. What do you do when you're in a situation and you know they don't want you there? How do you respond when everybody told you it could not be done and people are talking about you as you step out in faith and do what you're called to do? And many people in our generation, when they feel undervalued, they stop doing what God called them to do. Well, I didn't have the support of my family or they didn't send me. My parents didn't send me through college or I didn't even have a car growing up or all these other excuses. And God is trying to tell us that you being undervalued does not stop your value to God and it does not stop your purpose from being pursued. And, and I want us to see this through Leah's life is her value was value usually is connected to worth. How much somebody would pay for something. And so, so when you look at this story that, that Jacob was willing to pay 14 years for one and nothing for the other. What does it feel like to wake up every morning and somebody says, good morning, honey. And you know, they're not talking to you. I just, I just want us to put ourselves in the picture right now because many of us don't think of it this extreme, but some of you know that the thing that God's placed in your heart, that nobody wants you to be there. Some of you know that when you walk into the room, when God tells you to plant a church on every campus, there are campuses that don't want you to be there and the enemy will try to whisper to you, don't do it. God won't come through. Don't even fill out the application for that school. There's no way you'll get the scholarship. There's no way that business is going to pick you. You're underqualified and you don't feel. And he tries to whisper to us. And I'm coming to stir the faith and I want to expose the lie of the enemy today. Because many of us that are feeling undervalued in this room. We don't understand that God may have us in that place that's under. That, that, that place where we're not supposed to die, but there's a seed planted in us that we're supposed to use to produce fruit. But we have to stay there and many people want to uproot because they're uncomfortable. And instead of being like a tree planted, like the Bible says in Psalms 1, 3, that we're supposed to be a tree planted by the rivers of living water, bearing fruit in every season, our leaves never withering, and we're prospering all in all we do. Instead of being a tree that's planted, we'd rather be a potted plant. And we'd rather look pretty in a small space and move around from place to place. Well, it's uncomfortable here. They don't like me here. They don't value me here. So I'm leaving. And then you go over here and like, they don't value me here. So I move to another state and I guess they don't want me here, baby. They are not going to want you anywhere. You're going to have to make your presence known and allow God to shine through everything that you do. What are you trying to say, Pastor Mike? 
they may not recognize your value until you recognize your value. And so Leah goes through this process, and I want you to see something so clearly. So Genesis 29, verse 31, it says, when the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, or we could say when the Lord saw that Leah was undervalued, he enabled, everybody say enabled. He enabled her to have children, but Rachel could not conceive. Now, let me help you understand how important this is, because back in this day, it didn't matter if your eyelashes was popping. The only way that you were valuable is that you could have kids. And if you had sons, you were very, very valuable because legacy could go on because you were giving birth to children. So the pretty one, the one that looked good, the one that was perfect on the outside was buried. But the one who was undervalued was fruitful. Okay, stay with me. So I want to give you a point that you can understand when you're planted and you're undervalued. Don't allow the pain to prevent you from producing. I need you to write that down. Don't allow the pain to prevent you from producing. The Bible says that she was undervalued, but God enabled her. To have children. All I'm trying to tell you is there's going to be situations that you're in where you're not going to be the most likely, that you're not going to get picked first, that they're going to overlook you, that they're going to choose somebody else. But God is going to give you to get the, give you the ability to grow, even though you're going to be able to produce in an atmosphere that doesn't even want you there. I need you to hear me because God's calling some of you to things that are bigger than you. And you're going to say, well, God, I'm undervalued. He said, but I'm enabling you. I'm behind you. If I be for you, who can be against you? Somebody just say, who? You're going to start going into places and they're going to tell you no. And you're going to say, God, they're not going to do it. He said, but what did I say? Did I enable you? Did, am I pushing you? And what you have to realize is you cannot listen to the voice of the enemy telling you that you're not worth it, that you don't have enough, that you're too young, that there's not enough people behind you. You have to know what God has placed in you. And Leah sits here and did not recognize that she was fruitful in a place that she was undervalued. And it's crazy because you can be producing but have the wrong perspective. Like you can be being fruitful. But walking in a season where you're like, God, nothing's working for me. I hate it here. Why am I in Ottawa? What is Ottawa? I don't even know. Like, why am I at this school? Why was I born into this family? But all the while, God said, why are you complaining? And I'm, I'm building something in you in this season. The reason you haven't started sprouting up above for everybody to see, because I'm trying to do a work under. I'm trying to do something that nobody else can take credit for. The reason why you're still at that job, because I'm still trying to build humility in you. You're prideful. And I can't take you to the next level until you get your attitude in check. Oh, come on. I'm trying to do something under. I'm trying to build character on you. The reason that I had him leave you
It's because you weren't ready to submit. And so I've given you a boss that you can't stand and you're better than. Yeah, you can run it with your eyes closed, but promotion comes from me. And the reason I still have you under is because I need to develop roots in you that will be able to sustain the fruit when you turn it. And I know our generation don't want to hear this because we don't want to go through no process. We want miracle grow put on everything we do and we want to be a tree tomorrow. But the Bible tells us it's seed time and then harvest. We want seed harvest, seed harvest. Seed harvest, but anything that goes from seed to harvest is artificial. And what God says, I want what I do in you to be authentic and I want it to last. But then that means I have to start valuing my process. And stop undervaluing what God is doing in me, even if others are. And Leah didn't understand that. God was trying to give her grace to grow, even though. He was trying to give her grace, even though she was the underdog, even though she was underestimated, even though she was underappreciated, even though the whole campus doesn't even come yet, even though they don't recognize what God's doing. God's saying, I'm about to give you a grace to grow, even though. I'm telling you, Campus Rush, this place is not big enough for what God is about to do. He's going to give you the grace. There are people that don't want you here right now. But God said in a place where you're undervalued, in a place where they don't even know the prayers that y'all pray for this campus is making this campus succeed. They are undervaluing you in this place. But God said, I'm about to give you grace to grow even though I dare you to have faith and give God a praise in this place. Okay, 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 okay. But so too many of us allow the pos our position and our perception of others to stunt our production. We want it to hinder our purpose. And we even negate our preparation. But look what happens in Genesis 29 verse 31. She's having babies. She's having sons. The greatest product that you could give in this time. So Leah became pregnant. And gave birth to a son. And she had a friend named Shaniqua. <laughs> she was like, oh my God, Leah, you pregnant. Girl, what you having? It's a boy. Oh my God. What you gonna name it? What you gonna name it? Reuben. Okay, okay, Reuben. Okay, I thought Robert, but okay, Reuben. What did Reuben mean? The Lord has noticed my misery. And now my husband will love me. Oh, okay. She soon became pregnant again. I want you to get this picture. So, so God allowed her to produce, even though she was undervalued. And then God said, I'm, I'm trying to teach you something, but she was connecting her worth to what she did. Like so many of us, we think if we do more, then we are more. If we have more likes, then maybe we'll get more love. And so she connected her production 
to, to what she need, her affirmation. And, and this is what I'm saying to all of you who are grinding and hustling and trying to make it happen and all that other stuff. You're not what you do. And, and, and until you until you understand that you will be undervalued because you will always try, try to get your value out of what you do. Even how we introduce ourselves to people. We walk up to people like, what's your name? My name is Mike. What do you do? And that's when we start start trying to overcompensate. I and mean, when we come up with all these crazy names, I am a sanitary um, collection agent. You mean you pick up trash? But somehow, if I can make what I do better than somehow I am better. But what I came to Campus Rust to tell you is that you have to disconnect who you are from what you or you will always be undervalued. And Leah didn't know how to do this. Look, she soon became pregnant again. Her friend, oh my God, you are a boy factory. <laughs> what you gonna name this one? Simeon. Oh, okay, Simeon, okay, okay, Simeon. What do that mean? The Lord heard that I was unloved and has given me another son. Girl, you need therapy. I just want you to get the movie in your head. And isn't it crazy that when you have the wrong perception of yourself, you can actually be doing a great thing, but naming and connecting all of your blessing to your pain. This woman is producing fruit, but because she's undervalued by her husband and she's undervalued by her father and she's undervalued in her own mind, she is calling what is a blessing and naming it her pain. And guess what? God's so faithful and his grace is so good that even when we're stuck and we feel undervalued, he'll still allow us pr to produce again. And this girl is going to have a third baby. Verse 34. Then she became pregnant a third time and gave birth to another son. Oh, my God, girl. Three boys. You're going to have a basketball team real soon. What you going to name this one? Please, something better. <laughs> Levi. Okay, Levi. I like that. I like that. What does this mean? Surely this time. My husband will feel affection for me since I have given him three sons. I can't be your friend no more. <laughs> write this point down. When you're planted and undervalued, produce on purpose, but not for approval. In this next season, Kofi, no more, no more caring who applauds, who likes, you will, no longer, you will no longer produce for the approval of your family, of the ministry, of the people. This season is taking you into a place because you cannot lead these people from a place of insignificance. What's on the leader flows down. And, and tonight I'm releasing you and I'm releasing everybody in here to stop producing for approval. Only produce for purpose. 
and somebody needs to receive this right now. That you've been working hard and grinding and trying to get all, but you're not doing it because you want to do it as unto the Lord. You're doing it so somebody can tell you you're good enough and you're worth it. But what is man's word when God already called me chosen? When he already said I'm the apple of his eye? When he already confessed before he made the stars that I was a masterpiece? I need somebody to believe it in this room that you are not what you do and from now on because I'm no longer going to get my value in what somebody else says. I'm producing on purpose but not for your approval. And you know what this is going to make some of y'all do? Cut off people. Ah, yeah, ah, yeah, yeah. Do it. No, don't scream about it. Change your phone number. I'm all in Canada right now. Because there are too many people you're waiting to tell You've been, you, you, some of us are trying to prove to people who are dead. Like, like, like you're literally working your life away trying to prove to a father that left you that you're enough. When your heavenly father is coming to you and he's saying, I've given everything for you so that you could know that you were enough. And Leah could not stop. She was producing and getting her value from a man who did not even choose her. Like, I, I want you to see how we can so easily put where we get our value from, from somebody who didn't even have any stock in us in the first place. She's trying to get the man who did not want to give one year for her to validate her self-worth but you and I have to move all our validation meters to the inside it's not about how you dress and who you got on your team and, and, and how much money you got none of that matters when God has placed something in you look what Colossians 3 23 says and this scripture personally Kofi has helped me so much it says work willingly now for everybody who thought that work was not a part of the will of God But I know some of y'all just waiting on the Lord. You need to work and wait. <laughs> Everybody say work. work. It says work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord. That's so crazy because there's times that I have a beautiful family and I got a fine wife. And I, I mean, she just, <laughs> woo, I love her, Okay. We've been together since we were in high school. That is my high school sweetheart. I will, I will drink her bath water. You hear what I'm saying to you? But, yeah, that's a picture of my, my squad right there. But she get on my nerves. Like there are moments that she get on my. And in those moments when I'm feeling undervalued, I don't take out the trash for her. <laughs> she don't know this. Don't tell her, y'all. But 
my Bible told me that even when I'm feeling undervalued, I'm not doing things for any person ever again. I'm doing it as if I'm working for the Lord. See, and this is why many of you are holding back your best because you're in situations that you feel undervalued. And God can't trust you with more because you're telling him by not doing your best that you're not working for him. <laughs> you thought you was working for that boss. You thought you was working for that company. You thought you was working for a grade. God says, I want you to put in the extra because I'm excellence and I see what you have in you. And I want you to do your best for me. When I take out that trash, when my wife is on my nerves, I say under my breath, I ain't even doing this for you. You hear me? And some of y'all going to get that faith. You're going to work for the boss that doesn't even value you. And you're going to be able to walk and say, I'm not even doing this for you because my work is for the Lord. My service is for the Lord. My purity is for the Lord. And see, when you're undervalued, you feel like you shouldn't give value to something because they don't see your value. And God says you missed the point. They were never your boss anyway. That's why they haven't called you up, because I haven't called for you, because you can't do your best where you're valued as less. That's why I've held back. Can you imagine God holding back blessings? They're not ready yet. No, 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 no. You can't give them that yet. No, 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 no. No, if you give it to them, it's too early. They, they won't be able to handle it because they haven't developed the character under yet. So just wait. And God's saying some of you are intentionally in undervalued situation to teach you how to be your best with less. And Leah, she didn't get it. But the rest of that verse says. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for who? The Lord. And then he put this part in here for the remedial people like me. Rather than people. Don't work. Don't perform. Don't try for people another day in your life. He said, remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward. And that the master you are serving is Christ. I came to encourage you because some of you have believed the lies of the enemy. But the only thing that combats the lies of the enemy is the word of God. And that's why I'm so glad that you're part of this ministry and you're sitting under a church that just doesn't hype you up but gives you the word of God. Because if you're feeling undervalued right now, it's the word of God on the inside of you. It's the only book that you can read, but it reads you back. And it's the only book that when you start doing it, it's alive and it starts renewing your faith. And I just want you to know your identity, who you are in Christ, not who you were born to, not the pedigree you came from. But when you said, Jesus, I'll serve you for the rest of my life, you got a brand new identity. ID card and that ID card came with the purchase on the cross by the blood of Jesus Christ so can I tell Canada who you are right now oh can I tell Canada who you are right now somebody say I am accepted I am a child of God according to John 1 and 12. I am chosen by God according to Ephesians 1 and 3. I am complete in Christ according to Colossians 2 and 9. Somebody say I am chosen 
and I am secure and I am free from condemnation according to Romans 8 1 and 2 I am established according to 2 Corinthians 1 and 21 I am confident that things are working for my good according to Romans 8 28 somebody say I am significant I am God's temple out of every place he could choose to dwell. He wants to take residence in me. According to first Corinthians three sixteen. I am God's workmanship. According to Ephesians two ten, and I am equipped to do all things. According to Ephesians four twenty three. Somebody say I am. I am. If you don't know who you are, somebody will assign you worth. Kofi, you are a leader. You are an apostle of this city. You you can't can't allow anybody else to assign worth. You you are a pure woman. You're not a hoe. You used to be. Oh, can we be real? You You did. You used to be. But when you repent, that means you turn. And you go back to God and you say, this is me. I did do that. See, we don't got to be ashamed of our testimony. I used to be addicted to pornography. I used to do all kinds of things. But the blood of Jesus came into my life. He changed me. He renewed me. Oh, I feel the presence of God. He transformed me. He washed me. And I am a child of God. If somebody's grateful that you're not who you used to be, could you give God some praise right now? But let me help you. But if you believe the lie that you're not transformed, that you're not significant, you will continue to allow people to assign worth to you that is under your value. Let me tell you this story. I used to do music production and um, I was just starting out and I was not very confident in my skills, but I was good. I knew I was good, but I hadn't done anything to prove myself. And I made a contract with this band um, to, to do their entire project, 12 or 13 songs for $500. I was making like two cents an hour. I mean, it was ridiculous. But nobody set the value except me. And because I didn't see myself, how God saw me even at my development stage, I undervalued myself. And so now we got about five to six songs in and I was mad. My computer was breaking and all kinds of stuff was happening. I was like, I'm done, I'm quitting. I'm just gonna tell them I ain't doing this project no more. And I walked downstairs and my mom's a woman of prayer and she's intense with everything that she does. She said, how much are they paying you? <laughs> I said, dang ma, like uh, f- 500? She said, oh my God. <laughs> and she looked at me in my eye and I'll never forget this. She said, people will only Pay you what you think you're worth. And walked away. I said, dang, you just going to leave me here like that. (laughs) You know what I did? I called the band up. And I renegotiated this entire project. I said, y'all, 
I undervalued myself. And I know I said I'd do the whole project for $500, but matter of fact, in this season, I'm going to need $500 a song. And when I said it, I was like, a song. Because I still didn't quite know if I was worth it. But I had to step out on faith and start valuing myself at a higher level because I know God placed something in me. Do you know the funniest thing happened? They paid me what I asked because I was worth it. I need somebody to hear me say this. You are worth it. Somebody say, I'm worth it. You're worth waiting for. If he's supposed to be your husband, you don't got to give him the draws. You're worth it. You're worth God using you. You're worth being able to lead this church. You're worth going to that place and asking for the loan. You're worth it. Somebody say, I'm worth it. But nobody will ever value you if you don't value you. And Leah did not value herself. She produced three times. And she was connecting all of her blessing to her pain. But something happened between the third and fourth child. I don't know if she came to campus rush. I don't know if she downloaded Planted Not Buried on YouTube. I don't know what happened. But look what happened to Leah. Because remember... Her first son was Reuben. The Lord has noticed my misery, and now my husband will love me. She was connecting what she produced to her validation, her value. Simeon, the Lord has heard that I am unloved, and he'll give me another son. Levi, surely this time my husband will feel affection for me since I have given him three sons. But look what happens in verse 35, Genesis 29, 35. Once again, Leah became pregnant. Okay, girl, you having another baby. What's this one's name going to be? Because the people that are around that were for you, if you don't feel like you're worth it, they stop believing. So her friend now, in my head, don't even believe. What's his name going to be? Judah? <laughs> Judah. That's what you're going to name him, Judah? Let me guess what that means. God has forsaken me. Kill me now. Huh? But look what happens. She said she named him Judah for she said, now. Everybody say now. It does not matter what happened yesterday. It does not matter what happened last week. It does not matter what they said about you. It doesn't matter who walked away. It doesn't matter who left. Somebody shout at me now. Now I will praise the Lord. This woman said, I am no longer naming my production after my pain. I am now going to start praising God because he has produced something in me and I am valued. Somebody say now. now. 
When this young woman decided that she was going to stop looking for validation for what she did, she went from an undervalued position to a position of praise. My last point for you tonight, and we about to tear the roof off this thing. When you are planted and you are undervalued, you better turn your pain into praise. Somebody needs to do it right now. You've been undervalued, but God says, I don't want you to name it what has been in the past but I dare you right now somebody shout now praise you got 10 seconds oh come on something's stirring in this place you were overlooked but God says turn it into praise turn it into worship turn it into praise turn it into worship turn it into come on y'all turn it into praise undervalued and overlooked some of you have been producing for the validation of other people you've been trying to hit markers that God didn't even set and God is saying to you right now that you're worth it and no longer will you stop produce start producing so somebody can give you an applause I'm about to set in you a, a, a volume of praise that is going to take every pain situation they're gonna look over you you're gonna say thank you Jesus they're gonna not pick you and you're gonna say God is worthy because he's doing something under that nobody will get credit for i want you to take five more seconds and i want you to think about everything that has not happened everything that they looked past you the broken relationship the people who left you the people who didn't co-sign you the things that you didn't get into and i want you to right now stop marking that as the place of your pain and I want you to say I'm worth it. And what God is building in you, I feel this so strong in this place. What God is building in you is a testimony that's going to only be ignited by you stop looking to others to give you what God has already given you. He has called you by name. He knows the number of hairs on your head. And he has a purpose. Jeremiah 29, 11 tells us a plan to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. Who cares who's for you? God is for you. And I'm telling you right now that God is taking every undervalued person, every person that feels like they're less than, everybody that feels underqualified, everybody that feels overlooked in this room, in any area of your life. And God says, I just need you to do one thing. I need you to do something now. I don't need you to look at the past. I don't need you to project for the future. But right now, I need you to turn the pain that you have. I need you to turn it into praise. Because there's a new day coming to you. And we'll be able to stand like David when he said in Psalms 34, I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make a boast in the Lord. And the humble shall hear it and hear thereof. Oh, magnify the Lord. Lord with me and let us at campus rush turn our pain into praise and exalt his name together come on and give God a praise every campus in the overflow watching online let's give God a praise come on worship him worship him worship him
God, we honor you. Come on. Some of you need, there's healing right here in this worship. There's healing in this praise. God, we honor you. I said it at the beginning, but God's about to start healing some people in this atmosphere. Because you were the black sheep of the family or you were the one that God giving me a word, but they'll never give me the platform. It's okay. Your value doesn't come from a stage. Your value doesn't come from who you take a picture with. Your value's not coming from the degree that you have. Some of y'all got more degrees than a thermometer. But you still go home and feel worthless. Because worth can only be set by the creator. These Nikes that I have on were not priced by Payless. Because Payless did not create them. So the creator of a thing can only put value on the thing. So, so what do I look like trying to get my value from a college? Or value from an employer? Or value from anything other than my creator? Today I'm coming to unlock you. Because many of us have been paused on the plan of God because we felt undervalued and there's no way, God, I could do this amazing thing. There's no way I could complete this. There's no way I could live pure. There's nobody that's going to wait on me. There's nobody. And God says, you're worth it. And if you would take on how much I value you and start living at the worth that you are. Do you know the sad thing about this? There are so many Christians on sale and on clearance. You were valued at this, but you put yourself on the clearance rack. But you know there's certain name brands that don't ever go on sale. You ain't never seen a Louis Vuitton on sale. Because there's something about it's holding its value. And not everybody's able to buy Louis Vuitton because it's worth more. And that means that everybody's not going to be able to take up your time. It's, and everybody's not going to be able to, to be able to rock with you. And everybody's not going to be able to be a part of what God's doing in you. Because you're worth, everybody say, I'm worth it. I'm worth it. Pastor, I want you to hear me say this. You're worth it. I know you're young and. You remind me so much of myself and how God blessed us and all this other stuff. But, but the thing I can speak to that maybe nobody else can in this room is, is that I know what it is to do all of this and still not feel worth it. Still trying to get somebody to notice and tell me that I'm enough. And on today, on the fourth anniversary of Campus Rush, there is a line that has been drawn. And you're stepping over it. All of the validation that comes from numbers and people and cosigns and who we got and all this other stuff. God said, I called you. And that's the only cosign you need. And I'll do more through your life. 
Today's a new day. Today's a new day. There's even, and I'm going to say this out loud. There's even been things that have been held up because your value system had to change. God's about to speak to you so clearly. There's about to be brand new vision. Y'all thought God did something in four years with Campus Rush? By this time next year. No, 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 no. Hear what I'm saying. There is going to be an explosion in salvations. And there's going to be unsaved, atheists, agnostic, like people who do not know about God, who are going to get radically saved. And this is why. This is why. I need you to hear why. Because it will not change who you are. When the numbers start coming now, when the influence starts coming, when people start calling you and want to be a part of what God's doing, it will not change who you are because you will already know what you're worth. And today I speak over everybody, hands lifted. If you, if you need to be valued and know your worth by God, just hands lifted in the overflow, watching online. I feel the presence of God in this place right now. There is a sweet anointing that's coming in here right now. And I want you to know that God is so faithful. Romans 8.32 says it like this. Just keep your hands right there because God's speaking. He says, since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all. Won't he also give us everything else we need? That's how valued you are. You are. Father, I pray for every person under the sound of my voice. I thank you right now for every person who has been undervalued, underdeveloped, underappreciated. I thank you, Father, that that thing that has told them that they are buried and they are not planted, we cancel the lie of the enemy right now. And I thank you, Father, that faith is rising in your people. Father, that they will no longer produce, Father God, for people's approval, but they're producing for purpose. Father, they are going to begin to work as unto you, God, and there is going to be a release of your anointing and your approval on what they do. I come against the lie of insecurities. I break the back of the stronghold of doubt and fear. And I thank you, Father, that your people are going to begin to move in another level of authority. Knowing that if nobody claps, you call them. Knowing that if nobody co-signs, Father God, you have already assigned them to the mission. And Father, right now, God, we release our pain and we give you praise. Father, we worship you. Come on, lift your voice. God, we honor you. We bless you, we magnify you, and we lift you up in this place. I hear this one last thing. There is going, uh, yeah, thank you, Holy Spirit. There's about to be a testing. Thank you, Lord. God's coming to test you at this word. And there are going to be people in your life who you have tied your validation to that you're going to have to unhook who you are from what you do. And I'm like, girl, you ain't the same no more. You used to da, 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 da. And you're going to have to tell them that's not who I am. 
And some of you, I just feel this so strongly. I don't know who this is for, but you'll know who it's for. You'll know it's for you. God's going to ask you to renegotiate all your relationships. Because there's been people you've been living for more than you've been living for God. It may be a parent. It may be an idea. It may be something. But I feel like God's healing in this place. Just hands lifted one more time. God's doing surgery on some people right now. Yeah, I want to shout and I want to buck and I want to do all of that. But what if on the fourth anniversary we got healed? Like, like what, if, what if our next job didn't make us a better person or a lesser person, but it was a part of the everybody say process? What if God has to take you to places that are unfavorable to teach you something you'll need for the high rise? God, I thank you for my generation. That we would know that we're planted and not buried. Have your way in us. And I declare increase over Canada in Jesus' name. Thank you for tuning in to the Campus Rush Podcast. If you enjoyed this message and want to partner with us, visit us at www.campusrush.org to become a global partner or to partner with us in giving.